The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Happy New Year! It is an amazing new year and I have a great guest today for you who is going to kick off our new year with lots of inspiration. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio and I'm your host Winifred Adams and today we have Leanne Marie Webster and she is the creator of Totally Telesummits. Welcome Leanne. Hi, Winifred. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. Leanne is not just someone who is a business executive. She is an amazing woman and an example to women as she's just completed her first full Ironman event. And <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> now that's saying something. So Thank tell you. us tell us how you got into that because you you're a lawyer, you're a coach, you're an entrepreneur, you you've you're a marketing executive, you've kind of done it all. But right yeah. now you're really focusing on your telesummits. But the Iron Man's sort of a right turn in that, and that's not a little endeavor. How did you get into that? <laughs> it's a, it was a, boy, that's a, a lot of right turns, I think, <laughs> to get into the Iron Man. They all blend together, right? They're going in the same direction now. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, you know, it's funny. I've always considered myself active, but I never considered myself athletic. And um, yeah, a few years ago, like, yeah, maybe seven years ago now that I think about it, I'm um, I decided that um, I wanted to do this obstacle course because it just seemed like um, one of the, something fun to do, right? A fun way to stay in shape. And um, I thought I would just walk between the obstacles because I didn't run at the time. Um, and, in fact, I refused to run at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I used to say I only run if someone's chasing me, and if he's cute, I stop. I love it there's a theme and this time you you didn't stop you kept going all the way right to the end exactly exactly (laughs) and so my friend was like Leanne I got her to sign up for the race because that's what friends do right we recruit other people to do crazy things with us and I'm she said, Leanne, that's an 11-mile course. You've got to start running. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't, okay, like, we'll try. <laughs> and so um, that first race just really changed me. And it was one of those things where um, it was a moment in life where I, I found a, a side of me that I didn't know existed, and I pushed a limit, especially physically, that I didn't know that I could. And it really just changed on a cellular level how I viewed myself. And Absolutely, that, yeah. I can imagine yeah. that it was sort of one of those things that you didn't even think to think about, yeah. and then suddenly here you are, and you're now yeah. doing something beyond what you could comprehend earlier. Exactly, exactly. And that just started progressing. So, you know, it was like, that was 11 miles, and I did a half marathon, and then I, who wants to stop at half? I do a marathon, and I did a few marathons. I thought, 
why not try a triathlon? And I did a short one and then a medium and then a really long one. <laughs> What's a really long one? The, Iron <laughs> the Ironman's the really, really long one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Ironman must have been daunting, though. Coming up into that, I mean, I can imagine as the progression goes from one smaller race to the next one, and then a triathlon, it's fun, it kind of mixes it up. Yep, yep. Now you've got the Ironman. Where do you make that choice that I'm going to train for the Ironman in between all the other things that I do in life? Because you could be a professional full-time athlete just to do the Ironman. Yeah, you could be. You could be. And the, the training is intense for the full. It's, it's uh, 12 to 15 hours a week, um, just to give you an idea. And that's just the training. That's not like including getting to the pool, you know, and changing your clothes and all that stuff. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was, again, the progression. But the, but the other major point is that when I did my first half Ironman, which is, you know, half of, half of craziness. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and that was another thing that I didn't, that seemed impossible to me when I signed up for it. And so I'm, um, it was, it was like, wow, I don't know if I could ever do that. And, but I had done the shorter. So, so let's try to push ourselves again. And, and again, crossing that finish line just really opened my eyes to, you know, here was something I didn't think I could do. And now I've done it. So where else am I cutting, selling myself short? You know, where else am I telling myself that something seems impossible? But the truth is, with training and with diligence and with focus, you can do anything. So let's just... I love it. I love it. You know, this is exactly what we've been talking about with the Olympic athletes. And and when I've been interviewing these athletes, it's the same thing. It's It's that choice of discipline. And you chose that at the highest level, short of the Olympics. So <laughs> when you do that and you know you have to dedicate 15 hours a week to training, is that an easy mental switch or do you just say, I'm doing this and then you're in? Well, I mean, it's a decision you have to make every morning when you get out of bed. Um, it's, what it's, time do you uh, get out mind, of bed? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, right. It's, it's mind over mattress is one of my coaches called it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> You you know it, it 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 is it does start with that first big decision right and I always say signing up for races I keep signing up for races because having that end goal helps me in the in between um they don't want to get to the start line and not be able to to finish you know um and to achieve what I want but you do really have to every day um, I think recommit to what you're doing because it seems like this you know, 45-minute swim on Wednesday, you know, if I skip that, then is that really going to make me not finish the Ironman? Well, probably not if you don't finish that one. But then if you miss it the next week or if you miss the run too or if you miss a bike, you know, there's, it's, it's, any training program is made up so you don't have to do 100%, but at the same time, you got to do probably 80 to 90%. And if you don't do those things, you're not going to be able to finish what the goal is. And so you do have to recommit every day to say, I don't feel like swimming today, but you know what? I want to make sure I have a good experience. So I'm going to, so today I will just, I'll go, I'll, I'll do it today, do what I need to do to get through it, figure out whatever mental stuff I got to get over so that I can put another brick in that wall for that foundation so that I'm good on race day. And so when you've chosen to do this and you set up to get ready for those goals from the beginning when you started before you even thought you'd do these races until the Ironman, each goal is different, obviously, because you're progressing. But what for you is the real goal in all of this? Why do this? Why spend your time doing any of this? 
it's, it's really quite simply to prove myself that I can do things that I think are impossible. <laughs> it, it really is. Like I know it's overcoming it the, the resistance toward can I, can't I, can I, can't I, and just do it. Yeah. Well, is yeah, because the, cause what I found is, you know, doing something like this, it bleeds into all other aspects of my life. So for me, Iron Man wasn't just about finishing Iron Man and getting the medal, although that was obviously a big part of it, but it was um, learning the mental training to get through a 2.4-mile open, open water swim um, and understanding that what I'm telling myself in my head when I first get in the water will have an impact on the entire swim that I have and whether I have a good swim, whether I have a bad swim, whether I'm hating every minute of it, you know, and understanding, like, the mental chatter, but not even just the chatter, the what you're telling yourself, like getting conscious of your thoughts and the effect they have on your experience, that is not just an Ironman thing. You know, that affects every single day that you have and personal and business and everything that you do. Absolutely. And when you're in that, tell us what it's like, let's say, when you transitioned from one segment to the next. What are you thinking at that point? How do you feel in each of these segments? And then when you're about to finish the Ironman, what's that like? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so it's, interesting. it's, it's, it's indelible. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting what goes through your head through the whole thing because, you know, um, for people who aren't familiar with, with what Ironman is, the distance is 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and 26.2-mile run. And you have 17 hours to do the whole thing. So it's, it's, it's a long day because, <laughs> you know, you don't normally do anything for 17 hours. Um, so the in-between is interesting. Again, it, part of it goes back to the med- mental. Like when you're swimming, you really just want to focus on swimming. And, and when you come out, there's a physical challenge because you've been horizontal for, in my case, an hour and 41 minutes. You know, so if you think about it, you're floating horizontally for an hour and 41 and, and move, you know, moving your arms and your legs. And then all of a sudden you're upright. And you've got to figure out how to walk into the transition area and change into all your bike gear. So there's, like, the celebration of the, like, yay, I'm done with the swim, because I don't really like the swim. Uh, <laughs> and, are you and, scared and, of sharks, or what is it? What about the swim? You just don't like all the people in the water with you, or is it the water? Um, yeah, you get a little roughed up in the swim um, with Ironman Swim, because it's, it's what they call a mass start. So it's 2,200 people in the water at one time. Um, but you kind of find your groove with it. I, I think my biggest thing with swimming is um, with the other two disciplines, you can easily um, slow down or change your focus. And, you know, going back to that, whatever you're focusing on really guides your experience. So if you're biking, you know, you can take a sip of water, you can take a bite to eat, you can slow down, you can stop pedaling for a moment, um, you can look at the tree, look at the road. When you're swimming, it's like there's just yeah. water. <laughs> it's feet and arms and other people's goggles that you're looking at. <laughs> right, right. And there's no right? snacks. There's no snacks there's, in the swim. <laughs> yes. You're, you're in between all these people sandwiched in trying to plow your way through it. So when you, But when you transition and you come out of that, now in the next part, for example, you're exhausted. This is, this is now a few hours into it. Yeah. Right? You're starting to feel it. So what are you feeling and how's, what's that like? Um, you, well, one thing I always focus on, I always change, I wear a watch through the whole thing and I always change my watch. So the time is only showing the leg that I'm on. So, mm-hmm. so that way I don't have a, so when I'm an hour into the bike ride, I'm not noticing, wow, I'm three hours into my day. I'm just, I just think, oh, I've been on the bike for an hour. 
Um, so, so part of it is kind of that distracting your mind um, to just focus on the task at hand. And I definitely don't think about, oh, my God, I've got to run a marathon after this. Like, it's very much, let me just focus on what's in front of me. And You're I'm, present. You're totally present yeah. in the moment. Yes, and that honestly is one of the biggest gifts of Ironman um, is that it's, it's the long day, but it's one of the few days where you really are, I, I found, very, very present through the whole thing because you're really focused on, let me, and the bike course is very hilly on the one I did, so it's like, all right, where's the next hill coming? and What gear do I need to be in? and how, Am I comfortable in my legs? Um, is it time to eat? Like every 15 minutes, I either eat or drink something. So it's like, ooh, what's my next? snack that's coming up. I like right. food. <laughs> so, and how do you hydrate best? What's your favorite hydration? Is it water or is it something with electrolytes in it? Um, I do a mix. I trade off between water and noon. I love noon. Um, so it's got electrolytes and it's uh, tasty. And it's got a little fizz to it. Cool. Cool. And mm-hmm. so when you're coming in on the end of this race and you're, you're coming in right to the finish, what is yeah. that like for you? What was that like when you knew that you did this? Um, it was, I, I get emotional talking about it. <laughs> so, I can imagine. I can um, imagine. This, this Ironman was very special to me. It's, it's a standalone, of course, but, um, but you know, I, I attempted this the first time in 2014, and I finished the whole bike, and I finished the whole swim, or I finished the whole swim, then I finished the whole bike, but I missed the bike cutoff time. You have to finish. There's certain times where you have to be certain places, so they wouldn't let me run. Mm-hmm. So. And that was heart wrenching because I trained for months and months, and I, you know, and 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 I thought I was going to finish that day. So this year when I did it, it was you know my redemption year. I trained harder. I hired a coach. I you know I really focused. I you know worked you know did I put everything in place to get myself to that finish line. Um, and by the way, I made the bike cut off by 19 seconds. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's like, everyone's having like a heart right. attack. Everyone's like, "Where have you been?" Like, they were, so, um, so to get to that finish line, to to turn, make that last turn, and to see it. Um, first of all, it took me sixteen hours and fifty-one minutes. So, you know, it was a long day. It's almost midnight. There, the lights are like blinding. Um, it's it's like a rock concert almost. And there's music blaring and. People are chanting and cheering and clapping and you know, making noise, and <laughs> and as you run down to shoot, sorry. <laughs> oh no, this is great. This is really as as you run as you run down the shoot. There's all of that going on, and then you hear uh, Mike Riley's the voice of Iron Man say, "Leanne Webster, you are an Iron Man," and. It's, Woo, I mean, the crowd goes crazy now. and you go, oh, my God. With that? Yeah, the everything. It, it's, it's, an, it's an unbelievable moment. It's an unbelievable it is. moment. With that, we'll be right back with more Leanne Webster. She is an Iron Man, and she did it. And we'll talk to her more in just a minute. Stay tuned. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Greater Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are kicking off your new year with some fantastic inspiration. And to begin our year, we have Leanne Webster, and she is an Ironman. So congratulations, Leanne. We were just talking about your final moment as you crossed the finish line and how emotional that was for you in completing the Ironman. That's super. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. That's super. Oh, gosh. To dedicate how long you dedicated and then to carry that through and do it, that says something. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was an, it literally is one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. And now where do you go from here? You did it. You, the first time you failed, the second time you made it, and now where do you go? And now where? Um, well, I, I, I'll do another one at some point. I'm probably not Wisconsin. I'm a little over that course. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, maybe try a flatter course. Um, Especially no, this year. One. Yeah, because I, I just I like the experience, but um, but I feel like there's other adventures I want to have. You know, I'd love to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, I'd love to do the Grand Canyon rim to rim run, which is uh, you know going from right. my south rim to north rim. You know, I, I'm always I'm always looking for the things that will be interesting and challenge me physically, um, and just be a fun experience. I'm all about I'm all about the fun. <laughs> That's so great. And now you're creating experiences for people that are all about the fun as well. So tell us about yeah. your new adventure. Yeah, I have um, a new. It's a, it's a movement, really. It's called um, Live Now Adventures. 
And the idea is just creating those experiences for people where, um, where they get to challenge themselves physically and then get to see the impact it has on them mentally. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the tagline is uh, play outside to transform inside. Um, Very cool. And, Very cool. Yeah. And because, you know, I find there's a lot of people, especially in, in the world that we live in today, where we're on our computers and we're on our cell phones and we're always, like, attached to some electronic and we're thinking either about what happened or we're thinking about what's coming. And there's, there's not a lot of times where we're just truly present. And that's one of the greatest gifts that I find of doing, like, an Ironman or any kind of adventure trip is you get into those moments where you're just at the waterfall, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. hiking the trail, and you're just enjoying it for what it is, and your mind is right there. And you, and I think the more we can feed ourselves with those experiences, the better we are when we're kind of in our regular life. So where can people sign up for this, and where can they, they find you? Um, the best is just go to my website. It's Leanne Marie Webster. So it's L-E-E-A-N-N, and then M-A-R-I-E, and then Webster, like the dictionary. And if you go on there, I'll have a, um, there's a page for the adventures and you can sign up to get on the list and get info about our very first one, which is coming up in May. And I'm really excited about it. That's cool. Where are you going to have it? Um, it's going to be at Havasu Falls in Grand Canyon. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah. That'll have you ever be been there? Yeah. yeah. That'll be beautiful. So where, what, what will it entail? Um, well, it's cool. It's actually, so the, the first, the, well, I always say Adventure Girl was born in Havasu Falls <laughs> because um, <laughs> I, was, I went in 2004 and um, I just had a couple of tough years. I had a, a close friend who had passed away and I just needed some time to kind of get away. And I don't know how I found Havasu Falls, but I, but I did. If, yeah, if people are unfamiliar, it's this gorgeous area of the Grand Canyon and um, there's these waterfalls. It's actually pretty lush in part of it, and um, the water, because of the, chem- the, not chemicals, because of the minerals in the soil, the water looks like aqua blue. It, it almost looks fake, but it's very cool. So I thought, well, I'm going to lay by the waterfall for four days because I just want to chill. I don't care about all these extra hikes. Um, but every day they would say, hey, let's go hike over here. Let's go check out this other waterfall. Or do you want to come along? And I'd say, I'll go just for the morning. You know, <laughs> sure. And, and, then I, and then I would find myself doing these crazy things, like hang off the side of a waterfall. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like, <laughs> and I loved it. And so, and so that's kind of started the whole thing, which is most recently led to Iron Man, but will take me another path. So, so I'm basically recreating that trip. Um, we'll hike in to, uh, to the Havasu Falls. We have a campground um, near the near the waterfall, and then every day for a couple of days, we're going to go explore the area. So there's caves, there's waterfalls, there's, you know, you're in the Grand Canyon, right? There's big things to climb. There's other little valleys to go into. Um, we'll have great food um, prepared by, I was surprised actually how good the food was. It wasn't like, you know... I'm just a hamburger, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really tasty no delights. Um, and then we'll hike back. Yeah. And then we'll hike back out of the Canyon, which is the really cool part because, you know, it's pretty flat, but the last couple of miles you're scaling that, that Canyon wall and it's pretty uh, intense, but fun. That's, that's amazing. So what, what level of uh, person in athletic skill can do this? Um, is it for anybody or is it for sort of your intermediate athlete or what? You know, it's, it's, 
it's anybody who could easily, who doesn't have any issues with walking. Um, and, you know, the, the hikes in and out are about 10 miles each. So, but we take breaks. I mean, it's certainly not like, like a race. It's not like you're running. So mm-hmm. um, I would say somebody who's, uh, I, I think they call it a three out of five on, the scale, on their scale, the company mm-hmm. scale for doing these types of trips. Um, but, you know, when I went that first time, I was not athletic. Um, and I, like I said, was planning to lay by the waterfall, and I still did all these extra things, and I was fine. So it's really if you're mobile enough to do some walking and some hiking, you'll be fine, and you can choose the additional things you want to do. So if you're tired one day, you can just hang out um, and not go do the hikes, you know? Now, what do you think of yourself as you look back and you see where you were before any of this and now where you've come to in terms of even just athletic skill? What do you notice about yourself or how do you see you differently? Um, I'm much more confident um, in both my persona and, and confident in my body. I'm I, I'd never considered myself athletic before I started running, and now I actually consider myself an athlete. That's a big change for me. Um, but I also noticed that I'm, it, um, you know, I talked about Adventure Girl being woke up, and I think that that bleeds into not just physical things, but into life. Like, I'm definitely the person, if it's like, hey, have you ever, I don't know, been, been in a sweat lodge? Will you try it? Sure, I'll try it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. you want to You're go? going to jump in and do it. Yeah, like, let's, I just think it's, it's, to me, I can't fail at anything because even if I just try it, that's something, even if I don't complete it. So I'm, I'm much more open to doing things like that than I ever used to be. That's so amazing. I mean, that is exactly what we're talking about here at Making Life Brighter. People that inspire us, but the people that inspire us, we're finding, are the people that inspire themselves. They're passionate about something and they do it themselves. It's what they love that then inspires other people. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you cool. love running or do you just love life? What's the, what is it? Is there a particular sport you love best or are you just happy I'm, to be alive and out there? Yeah, I have a mixed relationship with running. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, it's uh, I used to, I, one of the resistances I had to running in the first place was because I would be like, man, those runners just don't look very happy, you know, when I see them. And so I make it, I make it a point to smile when I run. Um, <laughs> I love it. Oh, happy running. Yeah, I don't want to turn people off to the sport. But, the, <laughs> so, um, but running is one of those things, like, if you, if you, if you, you kind of, it's almost like, I would imagine crack is, never try crack, but, you know, it's like you're kind of always looking for that high, right? You're, you have, a, if you ever have an amazing run um, mm. and I get that runner's high, um, you will be chasing that. And so it's like, you know, and the, the next time you go out when you're like, oh, I don't know if I feel like running, it's like, but it might happen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, and then you do it and then you're done yeah, and then you and go wow that was great I can do more right and I I tell you as much as some days I'm like oh I don't know I'm I've never ever ever regretted a run because I feel so much better afterwards you know from the just moving your body and it, it releases those I don't know serotonin whatever I don't know the technical term but what <laughs> it happens in yeah. your body and your you, brain you get the dopamine yeah. and the serotonin you're all good <laughs> yeah yeah so I do, I I'm like so, running for that. I, I, go I'm ahead. sorry. <laughs> no, no, go say, ahead. I also love running because it's just, um, 
you know, it's easy and you can do it anywhere. You just need a pair of shoes and like, you know, the right and a pair of shorts. Um, and so when I was traveling, um, I, it was great because I just took my shoes with me and I could do it every city. It's a great way to see a new place and kind of um, see a city in a different way. Um, mm, and so I love it for that. Good. But I do love biking well, too. But <laughs> So you should do that. Start a whole other thing besides the other one and have people just run all over different cities and take them around the world and explore a city by running. That would be fun too. I would, I, okay. You should do that. <laughs> Start another movement now. <laughs> there you go. Next business. <laughs> Leanne Marie Webster, everybody. And you can learn more about her at LeanneMarieWebster.com. She is the founder of TotallyTeleSummits.com. And you'll be hearing more about that because yours truly and Leanne are creating a super summit for this spring for healing and Leanne is a great inspiration to not only me, but to everyone out there for her accomplishments and the things that she does along with her upbeat nature. So thank you so much for coming today. I have one question that I ask everyone who comes on Making Life Brighter is literally, what makes your life brighter? Oh, uh, gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. The amazing people, being really tied in every day to the amazing people in my life and the circumstances and where I live. I just feel so fortunate every day that I, that I'm alive, and so that that makes life brighter for sure. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show and, and sharing with us what it takes for you to achieve something when you never thought of yourself that way or never thought you could do it. That is something that most people don't realize in, in moving forward in anything, and they think yeah. I have to see it first to do it. I've kind of always been of the opinion, even as a trainer, you just get in and do it, and then you begin yep. to see it, right? Yep, <laughs> exactly. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> well, Leanne, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being with us on Making Life Brighter, and we'll have you back again. Can't wait to hear more about your adventures, and maybe we'll I'll go with you on one of those new running tours that you're going to have as well as your other ones. So thank you so I much. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Winifred. This has been awesome. And we'll be back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter consciousness columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and Leanne was amazing. Happy New Year, everybody. I just want to welcome you again, and we're off to a great new start. And tonight, I have with me a special guest, and that is my own dad, and he has grown up in Auburn, New York, and I showcased the Seward House, the Seward Mansion, back in earlier in the summer, and uh, everyone loved that show. It was Ironically, a historical return to William H. Seward and a segue into Harriet Tubman. But people, over 10,000 people tuned into that show live, and that was amazing. So I'm sharing with you more of upstate New York because it's such a valuable place in our history. And my father has been someone that's lived in this town his entire life and throughout the whole central New York area. And so I wanted to ask him what it what it's like witnessing so much change over time in this city. Well, one of the first things that jump comes to mind that jumps in front of you is the fact that in those days we had three high schools and Today, there's one. Obviously, the one is a lot bigger than the three, and is a lot bigger than we expected it to be. But there was West High School, if you were going to work in a trade, such as a plumbing business. There was Central High School, if you were going to go on to business matters and business type activities and then there was East High School if you were planning to go to college. I don't know the, I don't remember the exact number in all of those categories but probably 1700 kids in the three high schools or 1,200 to 1,700, it would depend on what time of the year you did the measuring. It makes me think back on the days when we had as many as 5,000 laborers in our factories just in the city of Auburn. They were, for the most part, foreign extraction type people who came from Italy, from Poland, 
from Russia, from everywhere in Europe that you can think of, and a little bit from the Far East. We had interesting activities from the standpoint of sports. As a boy growing up, I wanted to be involved in sports, and I was on the baseball team and the basketball team and so on. And when you think back on what went on in those days, when we played for a state championship and we won, it was a feeling you couldn't duplicate no matter what you tried to do with it. See, there were people in Auburn who did not like the development of the city in the industrial side of things. And those people didn't understand how the industrial base had been built by these people, immigrants, who came from the foreign countries. How do I know anything about that? My wife comes from an immigrant family, and we often laugh about the things that we did and the, they, those people did. But if you were going to school in Auburn, uh, the West High School location was far from the East High School location, and yet we had kids who came from the old country who didn't have a bike or didn't have, have any means of location and uh, locomotion, as it were. But we would have people who wanted to make Auburn a special place for them, for themselves, and to sell Auburn to other people for other things. And the sad part of the, this whole affair, as I think back on it, is that beginning right after the Second World War, we had a development completely unexpected and certainly not looked forward to when businesses began to close. And a one business I think of had 1,200 employees. The one down the street, very close, located down the street, only had uh, 900 employees. But you start adding up 12, 14 businesses and you get an awful lot of people and you get an awful lot of reaction and things going on in the community. What did that do to this? That, that made for uh, people who, interestingly enough, derived their own feeling into an actual production process. However, they got tripped badly, and I speak of that in the form of industrial development foundation type activities. I was involved in it for 35 years. Lots of 
interesting things happened, but one of the greatest happenings was the fact that the majority of children in Central High School who wound up in the educational process had been planning that for some time. And we had a heavy overload of kids listed for development in educational pursuits and processes. The state government contributed to that by forcing the people involved in education to pay for this, pay for that, do this, do that, do the other thing, and make it all wonderful, and look here is Jack, and there's Jill, and all of these people are involved in this development, but the development was negative. It was going the other way. One of our main industries was the Columbian Rope Company. At the height of the Second World War, it was the largest rope company in the world. For what? For all types of rope. Sisal, Manila, Abaca, all types of, of uh, things that people use rope for, but the largest, uh, the name of the firm was Elko, American Locomotive Products, and the largest account that they had at one time was a Norwegian account for the Norwegian Navy. The largest development within Elko was an, a build-up of all kinds of people and processes that were necessary in order to do things. But the terrible part of it all was that over a period of eight to ten years, we lost at least 50% of all of that labor. That means that all of these people who lived down in the West End and in the central part of the town didn't have the same ability to do what the people before them had done because there was no place to maintain a definite movement forward on the part of the people that made up the labor force. But it's, it's continued to thrive as a town and a city, and so what's been the driving force behind that? The driving force behind that is anyone's opinion. Mine may or may not be correct, but the driving force behind it was that there were a lot of people still left here who had to have a job. They may have to take one with a 10 or 20 or 30 percent reduction in income, but they had to have the job. They couldn't wait for a year or two to see how it turned out. So it made for a very difficult time for some people. But you, you've had lots of experiences here and around central New York. What have been some of your fondest memories here? Probably the 
development of the educational system as I watched it grow. The development of business always has great attention attached to it and people want to be involved and all the rest of it. But the thing that made it difficult was that we couldn't replace the labor force that we lost. Elko employed 1,200 people, roughly. Columbian Rope Company employed roughly 1,200 to 1,400 people. There were maybe 10 other factories that employed at least 500. So we, we talk about a lot of people. What did that mean to me? Very little, because when you were young, if you wanted things to happen, no one took the time to explain to you what was happening in the actual business world. And we'll be right back with more of our Wise Elder series here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm here with my father today, and we are talking about historical Auburn, New York, where many people have hailed from and gone on to do great things. And Auburn's its own little historical town in upstate New York, and my father's been here as one of five generations? Five? Yeah? 
six generations would be closer to the truth. The Adams family that I'm part of came over from England in 1630, the year after the pilgrims arrived. The development took place out of Boston area on into what is now Connecticut, down the Connecticut River Valley. And then as people began to move west, many men who fought in the, in the Revolutionary War were granted, were granted plots of land, usually uh, 60 to 100 acres. And central, upstate central New York had a great number of those people, as did many areas in the country. But remember, the country wasn't fully populated. There was a lot of blank land that people got involved in. But that's how Auburn began. The development in Auburn had to do with industrial uh, matters, as I've mentioned earlier. We have the Columbian Rope Company, which was the largest rope company in the world, headquartered in Auburn. We had the International Harvester Company, one of the second largest developing companies in the United States for farm equipment. We had all types of small development of people who were, including the guy that shined shoes on the corner and uh, the kids who sold lemonade around the corner. We had the same people involved in educational processes as we had involved in geographical development that would be good for the younger people as they developed. The truth was that we had an awful lot of people working in the many thousands, but provision had not been made to protect them someday if there was a downturn in the economy. And after the First World War, a downturn came. Made it very difficult here in Auburn. There were a lot of things that I never knew about until I was much older. And now after having passed the 80th year, you look back on what you thought and what you did, there were a great number of things were different than what you actually thought were happening. But we had development by young people forming new companies, merging with other people, a development series of things which made it almost impossible for Auburn to fail, but they came very close to doing it. We didn't get the properties that we thought we would get for industrial development. However, without belaboring the point, there are a lot of valid reasons why that was true. Well, Auburn also had art and culture insofar as dance and, and things like 
for example, the Merry-Go-Round Playhouse, which had more of a uh, presence in the day. Yes, how true. The Merry-Go-Round Playhouse, as I think back on it, as a little boy, eight years old, my father put me on one of the horses and we went around and around and around. Interesting that you should remember just that type of activity. But you're right. The Mary Ground Playhouse was a good example of the best type of entertainment for kids that we had in Auburn. And there were dances. You you danced in the day. You danced. We danced. Yes, there were dances. Dances that were very special for some people. And now your family has a history of rose connoisseurs. Now, it was your your grandfather that was the rose connoisseur in central New York? It was my grandfather. He was... He had a, a special rose named after him. Why was that? I honestly don't know exactly why it was, but he was a perfectionist from the word go, and he made certain that his roses grew and they looked darn good. He kept it that way. But the uh, greatest development of odd, unusual things that lent itself to Auburn was the fact that we are the home of the talking movie. The radio was there, but the talking movie was the top of the list on everybody's stat sheet as to what was the best. Today there is a large building in Auburn it used to house that particular business. And if, if you become involved in the development of how that business worked, you will find another large building called a museum. And the museum lent space to the people developing... Sound for film. Sound for film and... Was it Edgar Case that developed sound for a film? Yes. And he built the Case Mansion for his wife, but she didn't like it. Is that true? That's true. And it's a massive mansion. Massive mansion. It's huge. Yes, yes, that's true. It, uh, it took several years to complete. A friend of mine who was a, a mason laying bricks had the greatest time of his life for two and a half years. All he did was lay bricks every day. <laughs> and the Case Mansion was conceived in... But she didn't like it, so they never stayed there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and it, it, it technically it, took up almost a city block It was it, with its grounds. Oh yes. oh, yes. It did more than a city block. Yeah. No question about it. And so he was the fellow that developed sound for movies today, and people don't know that. They don't equate that very often. It's, it's not that's, a common fact. That's true. It was done in Auburn, and the talking movies brought a tremendous development in the, in the entertainment business 
because Al Jolson made the first talking movie in 1926. And he got to know the man in Auburn who designed the equipment that produced the talking movie. Auburn had some interesting people pass through it. Among others was a woman by the name of Fanny Bryce, who was in the Zigfield world. She passed through Auburn along with a whole raft of other people who were involved in the development of it. But all things considered, Auburn probably had as much to offer the immediate area as the area had to offer the citizens here. Well, thank you very much, and we'll talk again very soon. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening, and go jolly, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.